Welcome to the Pharmacy Training on Flu. My name is Judith Poulton and I am a community pharmacist. This month's training is to get you and your teams ready for the start of the flu vaccination service, which starts on the 1st of September, by refreshing your knowledge and making you aware of any updated information. Before we begin this podcast, please remember you and the team can watch the online training, download your certificate after completing your CPD questions, and get access to useful resources by logging on to www.virtualoutcomes.co.uk. Influenza, which is more commonly known as flu, is an acute contagious respiratory illness caused by RNA viruses. There are three types of flu virus. Type A, which occurs more frequently and is more virulent. This is the virus that is responsible for most epidemics and pandemics. Type B, which often co-circulates with type A during yearly outbreaks. The type B virus tends to cause less clinical illness, although it can still be responsible for outbreaks. And finally, type C, which causes a mild or asymptomatic infection, which is similar to a common cold. Flu normally occurs in the UK in winter and early spring and can cause mild to severe illness and can lead to death. We will start by looking at what is the difference between colds and flu. Flu usually starts quite suddenly, normally two to three days after exposure to the virus, and people who have it normally feel some or all of these symptoms. The common symptoms of flu include sudden fever, a temperature of 38 degrees or above, sore throat, headache, weakness and fatigue, muscle weakness, that is the body aches, they feel generally unwell, there's a loss of appetite, they may have diarrhoea or stomach pain, they may have nausea or they may be being sick, insomnia and a cough. Children might also appear less active and get a pain in their ear. People with flu should be advised to drink plenty of fluids, take paracetamol or ibuprofen, remember to check which one is appropriate for the individual patient, to relieve the symptoms, and to stay off work or school until the worst of the symptoms have been resolved, which is normally about a week. Also take the opportunity to remind them that flu is very infectious and can easily spread to other people. If a person has flu, they are more likely to give it to others in the first five days. Flu is spread by germs from coughs and sneezes, and these can live on hands and surfaces for 24 hours. To reduce the risk of spreading it, people need to wash their hands often with warm water and soap, use tissues to trap germs when they sneeze or cough, and bin used tissues as quickly as possible. Most people who will get flu will recover in a few days to less than two weeks, but some people can develop serious complications that can be life-threatening and can even lead to death. The map on the screen is from January 2018 and shows 155 deaths from flu and 4,200 people in hospital. Most complications are respiratory in nature and can include acute bronchitis, pneumonia which can result from a flu virus alone or from co-infection between flu virus and bacteria, exacerbation of asthma and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, COPD, which may lead to asthma attacks. Otis media and sinusitis are examples of moderate complications that also can be caused. Other possible serious complications can include myocarditis, inflammation of the heart, 
encephalitis, inflammation of the brain, and multi-organ failure, for example, respiratory and kidney failure. Anybody at any age can get flu, but certain people are considered to be more at risk than others, including people over the age of 65, or who will be 65 before the 31st of March 2019, children under six months, pregnant women, and those people who already have an underlying health problem, such as chronic respiratory disease, cardiac disease, kidney, liver or neurological disease, diabetes, or who are immunocompromised. If an adult shows any signs of difficulty in breathing or shortness of breath, pain or pressure in the chest or abdomen, sudden dizziness, confusion, severe or persistent vomiting or flu-like symptoms that improve but then return with fever and a worse cough, they need to be referred to a doctor urgently. Warning signs in children include fast breathing or trouble breathing, bluish skin colour, not drinking enough fluids, not waking up or interacting, fever with a rash and being so irritable that the child does not want to be held, and again, they should be referred urgently to the GP. The National Flu Immunisation Programme runs each year primarily from September through to January, aiming to vaccinate all patients who are at higher risk of developing more serious complications as a result of being infected by the virus. There are also other groups of people who are eligible for free flu vaccinations, as by having the vaccination, they will reduce their chances of getting flu and spreading it to the at-risk people. And it also ensures that they themselves remain healthy, enabling them to carry on with their role. Examples of this include people aged over 18 who are the main carer for someone who is elderly or who has a disability, frontline health and social care workers, hospice care workers, and household contacts of a immunocompromised person. All eligible groups should be given the flu vaccination as soon as possible after the flu vaccination has been released so that people are protected before flu circulates. Community pharmacies have been commissioned to deliver a flu vaccination programme by the NHS. It aims to sustain and maximise the uptake of flu vaccine in the at-risk groups by building the capacity of community pharmacies as an alternative to general practice and to provide more opportunities and improve convenience for eligible patients to access flu vaccinations. Earlier in this training, we looked at the fact that there are different types of flu viruses and each year the viruses that are most likely to cause flu are identified in advance and vaccines are made to match them as closely as possible. The World Health Organization, WHO, recommends specific vaccine viruses for inclusion in the flu vaccines licensed in each country. For the first time this year, there has been a clear directive from NHS England as to which vaccines GPs and pharmacies should be offering in order to ensure that the most effective ones are being used. This is following evidence from the 2017-18 flu season. The adjuvanted trivalent should be given for all 65s and over, including anybody who will have their 65th birthday before the 31st of March 2019, although this will be an off-label option, but will be included in the PGD. This vaccine has only just been licensed for use in the UK from August 2017. The quadrivalent vaccine should be given to all 18 to 65s at risk. 
This vaccine will also be used in the ongoing childhood programme. Why was this decision made? Quadrivalent influenza vaccines cover the two main influenza B strains and aim to improve the breadth of protection provided in seasons when the circulating influenza B strain is not well matched to the single strain contained in the traditional trivalent vaccine. In light of an independent cost-effective study into quadrivalent flu vaccines undertaken by Public Health England and considered by the Joint Committee in Vaccination and Immunisation, the Green Book was updated in October 2017. The update provided the advice that quadrivalent influenza vaccine is the best option for the 18-65 to at-risk groups in the 2018-19 season, and it's also to be used in the childhood programme. There is increasing evidence that non-adjuvanted standard flu vaccinations performed poorly in older people. Analysis of data between 2004 and 2015 did not show any significant efficacy for the inactivated influenza vaccine in the elderly against the AH3N2 flu virus. This is the virus that causes excess mortality in elderly people and causes flu outbreaks often in care homes where all the residents had already been vaccinated. Due to the limited effectiveness of the standard vaccine in the older population, pharmaceutical companies have been developing vaccines that lead to a better immune response in this population, and an adjuvanted trivalent vaccine Fluad is now licensed for people aged 65 and over in the UK. These vaccines use an adjuvant which helps the body's immune system develop a strong response to flu, particularly in people 65 years and over whose immune systems are weakening with age. This type of vaccine has been licensed in some European countries since 1997 and the United States since 2015. The data suggests that it is more effective in the elderly. The changes this year to the vaccines that should be given to a particular population will mean that vaccines will become available at different times. GPs and community pharmacies will all receive 40% of their adjuvant trivalent vaccine order in September, 20% in October and 40% in November. And Sequirus, the manufacturer, has already notified practices and pharmacies of the week of delivery for each of the three batches. Exact days and volumes will be confirmed in August. The quadrivalent vaccine may be available earlier and delivery dates will have been confirmed with practices and pharmacies by their supplier. You can start vaccinating each eligible group as soon as the appropriate vaccine becomes available after the 1st of September. This therefore means that you and your team will need to plan this flu season very carefully around your supplies of the adjuvant trivalent vaccine for the over 65s. However, this is also a brilliant opportunity for you to engage early with your at-risk under 65 population and we will look at ways to do this later in this training. It is really important that you understand the situation and are able to explain the key messages to your customers. The flu season often starts around December, although we know it can start earlier in some years, therefore vaccines given in early November are likely to be in time for the flu season. So people do not need to worry if they don't have theirs until later than usual. There is also good evidence to show that once a patient is vaccinated, it takes around two weeks to develop an immune response. The key message is, it is never too late to have your flu jab. 
The guidance sets out a three-phase prioritisation approach to vaccinating patients aged 65 years and over, which is to consider vaccinating the over 75s first and those in care homes, followed by the 65 to 74-year-olds in the at-risk group, and finally the over 65 to 74 years not in a risk group. However, it is really important that you understand if any over 65 asks for a vaccine and you have the correct one in stock, then they should be vaccinated then and there and not asked to return. It is also really important that people get the correct vaccine to maximise its effectiveness. Therefore, if a 65-year-old asks for the vaccine and you don't have the correct one in stock, you need to ask them to return when you do have one. You may want to take their telephone number or ask them to check with their GP if they have supplies. So why should community pharmacy give flu vaccinations? They can increase the overall vaccination rate, especially in harder to reach groups through better accessibility, their convenient location, having long opening hours, open when the patient needs them, and the at-risk groups could attend a pharmacy at least five times within the flu season for a prescription, presenting opportunities for vaccination. Patients also like the fact that they don't need to book an appointment. Feedback from customers included the fact that they loved that it was a walk-in service and if they worked nearby, it was easy to access. You also can emphasise the importance of getting the flu vaccine, particularly for people with certain health conditions. They may not see the doctor for many months, but you see them monthly when they collect their prescription. From a business perspective, it adds another dimension to the pharmacy. The flu service is a good way of expanding the professional services your pharmacy can offer, and it's another way to increase revenue. It can also increase your footfall. Finally, if you have housebound patients who request a vaccination at home, or you currently provide services to care homes, the new guidance which has just been issued will make it easier for you to vaccinate these people. For more information, please refer to the guidance on the resource page on the right-hand side of your screen. What can you and the team do to ensure that your pharmacy has a successful flu campaign? You will need to plan it in advance. Things to consider include, does the pharmacist need to complete face-to-face training? Please note this requirement has now been extended to every three years. Or does the pharmacist need to complete their refresher training? What training do you and the rest of the team require? The pharmacist will need to read and understand the PGD once it's released and sign their declaration of competence on the CPPE website. Do you and your team know what to do if there was an emergency? Do you and your team know how to help a customer fill in the pre-vaccination form? Do you and the team know how to complete any online forms after the vaccination has been given to save the pharmacist's time? Do you know how the person's GP is going to be informed? Will it be electronically when an entry is made or will it need to be posted or delivered by hand to the surgery? Please remember that in light of GDPR regulations, faxing to surgeries is discouraged. Do you need to order sharp spins adrenaline, cotton wool, plasters or envelopes? Have you got a diary to book appointments if people want to? You can combine this with walk-in vaccinations. Finally, please note that the guidance has changed and you now no longer need to register with the NHS Business Authority if you wish to provide the service.
Once the flu season starts, you and the team need to ensure that you are all following a flu model day, as this will help ensure that the flu vaccination service fits seamlessly into your normal workload and allows your pharmacist to carry on as normal. Every morning, check that the consultation room is tidy and that there are supplies of plasters, cotton wool, gloves if required, a sharp spin and adrenaline. Ensure that enough consent forms have been printed off and that you have clipboards available with pens. Check which vaccines you have available and whether any more need to be ordered. Once the patient arrives, you need to help them complete the form. Check that all parts have been completed and that they have signed it. Once you have done this, you can hand them over to the pharmacist to vaccinate them. Whilst they are waiting to ensure they don't have an adverse reaction, you can use this time to get them to complete their feedback form. Finally, collect the paperwork from the pharmacist so that you can enter the details either online or arrange for it to be sent to the patient's GP. And remember to put a record on the patient's PMR. If you want to download a flu checklist to help you prepare for your flu season, then please go to the resources page on the right-hand side of the screen where you will find one. You and the team also need to think about how you are going to manage your patients' expectations this year due to the phased release of the vaccination for the over 65s. Ensure you use the national message in any communications that vaccination will be offered to everybody before the end of November, so make sure you get vaccinated by then. This should give you a great opportunity to concentrate initially on your at-risk groups. So how are you going to identify them? Could you use your computer to search for specific drugs that could be associated with the at-risk conditions? Could you put a flag on those people? So when they come in, the team can talk to them about booking an appointment for a flu vaccination and the importance of having one. You could also put a reminder or stickers on dispensing bags to prompt the team when handing scripts out. Other opportunities to encourage your customers in the high-risk groups to have a flu vaccination could be when doing a medicine use review, as you could do it there and then or suggest it during a new medicine service. Remember, your at-risk groups include pregnant women, and those people who already have an underlying health problem, such as chronic respiratory disease, cardiac disease, kidney, liver or neurological disease, diabetes, who are immunosuppressed, and people who are morbidly obese, that is, with a BMI over 40. The final thing we will look at is how you can build an eye-catching display and where you can get resources such as leaflets and posters. The more eye-catching and emotive you can make your display, the more likely it is that people will look at it, giving you an opportunity to start a conversation. There is also an opportunity with your displays to target the harder-to-reach at-risk population. For example, your 20-year-old man with asthma who may not consider he needs a flu vaccination, but is in the high-risk group. Or pregnant women who may not be aware how dangerous flu can be for them and their unborn child. Or you could consider doing a flu-busting myths and facts display. The Public Health England Resource Centre produced lots of posters and leaflets ranging from general information about flu in easy-to-read formats to more specific information for pregnant women that you can download. They also produce information in different languages which may be more appropriate for your customers. The site is updated as posters and leaflets become available, so please ensure that you check regularly. 
The PSNC has all the details of the actual campaign, including the PGD, and some great hints and tips. And NHS Choices gives good information about flu. We have now completed this training on flu. I hope you and your team have a clearer understanding of the fact that flu is a serious disease, especially in the at-risk groups, pregnant women and people over 65, and the important role pharmacy can play in protecting the nation against flu. If you want to view the online training, have access to both your certificate and the resources tab, please log on to www.virtualoutcomes.co.uk. We would also like to use this opportunity to ask you to encourage the rest of your colleagues to view the video.